our generation is very much used to instant gratification because of social media and just we're exposed to much more. And so we know there's a lot more out there. So when we realize or when we have the feeling that we're not getting rewarded in a certain company, we'll easily switch industries even. Hi, I'm Lauren Stiving and welcome to this episode of the Career Success Podcast. The way that individuals are forming their careers and their expectations of companies are changing. Today, I've invited Jonathan Reeves, the Corporate Vice President of New Business at Hinkle, and Maya Berna, who graduated from her undergrad in 2017 and her master's in 2020, to discuss how new generations are coming into the workforce and how companies and the leaders within them can be successful through this change. Welcome to you both. Thanks for having me, Lauren. Yeah, thanks, Lauren. Great to join you on, especially on this subject. Looking forward to it. So Jonathan, I'll shoot the first question to you. What do you see as some of the biggest workforce transformations that leaders are seeing today as younger generations enter into the workforce? Great question. I think what we're seeing as we sort of enter the 21st, 22nd century and also the impact of COVID-19, which we can't escape, is the fact that leaders of different ages and experiences have to adapt themselves to a new workforce coming into the organization. We're seeing Gen Zs, we're seeing millennials appearing and and, and taking on leadership roles themselves in the organization. And what does that mean? That means we have to reframe a multiplicity of things that we would normally do. So I'll give you an example. Organizations that have lived and died by physical meetings have had to adapt. Now, of course, context has had to change, but also the demands of people to be able to work on projects and work in locations that are different to a a centralized physical site have to adapt. Then there's also an emerging demand on people want to work on things that really they believe in, that drives their purpose and and is aligned to their values. And what we find as organizations, of course, it's natural that to get the best projects and activities out there, you want people to be motivated and who actually want to work on something. And so what we're finding is that actually we have to adapt our working principles so that we we can actually find people who want to work on things. We're also having to adapt expectations as well. You know, organizations are slow moving organizations, even though we work, some of us work in fast moving consumer goods environments. So we have to adapt the expectations. So we ha- have conversations with some generations uh, of people who come in and, and say, you know, my expectation is to go this fast or to have an, an adaptive organization and environment in this way. That's going to take time. It takes time. But the thing is, the needle is moving organizations are moving. And so we have to just manage both sides of the story. Yeah. Do you think that people are more impatient today, if you would compare with when you started? I would call it impatient. I think they're much more value driven. What I feel is that certainly when I joined the workforce, people were much happier to fall into line and follow the rigid structures or follow, I know it sounds negative, but I mean, the structures of organizational processes and, and how things are done. Now, And in some places, that needs to stay as it is. I can't get away from the fact that actually, if you're working in a very dangerous environment, like the mining industry, or you have to follow certain rules and processes, and you're not going to suddenly break them because, you know, human safety and and lives are at stake. But you can imagine if you're managing a project and you follow certain rules and processes, well, there are new ways of doing things. There are new ways of testing. There are new ways of making things happen quicker. You know, I think we need to adapt better. On the other side, I think the the emerging workforce and the younger workforce does have to probably understand that they're entering a space where there are going to be, dare I say, as they call it, and I say they're, you know, dinosaurs, you know, people who take a little bit more time to change. So 
So there has to be a, a fine balance to be met. We don't always get it right. I, I yeah. guarantee you that. <laughs> so Maya, um, when you started looking for a job, what did you think about kind of your career or what your career would look like? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I guess you always want to say and imagine that you have an idea for your career when you're starting out. You always want to be really intentional about it and kind of have this conviction that, you know, this is what I want to do and this is where I want to be. But the reality is, at least for me, it's not like that and it hasn't been like that. My previous job before my master's, I was working in Madrid and I, it was coming off of an internship. So I kind of got absorbed into the company and I, I enjoyed what I was doing. And it was project management um, for international development companies. So I was working a lot with developing countries and it was really interesting work, but it's not something that I started out thinking like when I was younger, that this is what I wanted to do. And then that kind of caused me to switch paths and, and pursue a master's in business. And I wanted to kind of move away from the public sector and so then after my master's, entering the workforce again, especially in the U.S., which is different than entering it in Europe, you have to be much yeah. more prepared. I feel like interviews, as Jonathan was mentioning, are much more structured and the workforce in general is much more structured and rigid. I don't know. I knew I wanted to be work for a corporation, let's say, like a classic business role. And I wanted to hone in on my client management skills and these sort of like social development skills, which are really transferable. Like if you work with diverse clients and client management, project management, that's something that you can kind of transferred to a variety of industries. And so that's why I kind of wanted to stay within this kind of role. And I loosely thought I wanted to work in fintech and technology because that's just something, an industry that's booming, especially after COVID. And just in my generation, we kind of grew up with technology and I had just kind of been exposed to the idea of fintechs during my master's. Um, and so I kind of had that seed planted, but it's not something that I I'm sure I want to do forever. And I think that's very much a generational thing that we kind of have a lot of ideas of what we want to do and kind of treat a lot of jobs as stepping stones. Not to say that, you know, we're going to be switching forever, but I think our generation is very much used to instant gratification because of social media and just we're exposed to much more. And so we know there's a lot more out there. So when we realize, or when we have the feeling that we're not getting rewarded in a certain company, we'll easily switch industries even. I feel like that's a concept that's much more accepted now than it was. For example, my parents' generation, my stepdad has had the same job since he graduated college. And that's something I just can't see myself doing. I kind of like the idea of working with different companies and, and learning about different industries and, and traveling. The idea of my career has definitely changed <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Well, I can tell you if it makes you feel better. Most people don't know what they want to do when they graduate right. from college. Yeah, so. and, and yeah, and I feel like a part of that is just trying different things and seeing what you like, which has already been my experience. You know, only having been in the workforce two or three years already changed once already. So I can just imagine that I'll keep <laughs> kind of grouping in different flavors until I, I figure out exactly what I want to do. Did um, like speed of promotion or speed of progression come into play? Or how did you see that from like, let's say a, a level or progression perspective? Yeah, definitely. I wanted to work for a company where I saw clear upward mobility because sometimes companies aren't very transparent about the promotion cycle. Whereas the company I work for now, which is a software engineering company, I do um, account management for them. It's a very clear track. So you start as account manager, you become a senior account manager, and then you become an industry vertical manager, and then eventually like a cross vertical manager. And so it was very clear that within a year, two years, you kind of move up the cycle. And another thing that was important for me was, was training. I wanted to feel like I had a mentor and there was kind of clear steps for me to follow because in my past job, I was kind of thrown into my role and wasn't really sure and kind of had to make it for myself and, and kind of gather a lot of information from my colleagues, which is normal, but it was kind of 
tricky in the sense that I didn't really have a clear responsibility and kind of had to make the job up as I went. In this job, I appreciated that it was a little bit more structured and that like there was all the people that had my role. There was a clear trajectory and clear roles, clear clients to go after, clear ways of managing those clients and also flexibility to kind of go after your own clients and research your own sort of niches within that role. Jonathan, how how do you see this? Does that seem similar to what you're seeing from individuals in your yeah. organization that are coming in? Well, even if I take it as a personal journey, I, I remember when I joined, you know, I started my life in Unilever and I, I remember joining and, and I, I sort of, I, I reflected on what Maya said and I sort of empathized a lot. I think mm-hmm. what's changed a little bit is, is when I joined, you know, and there I say, it sounds like an old man. Well, not great did so um 20 years ago really you know i joined unilever with the basis that i wanted to progress i wanted to you know lead a region but i, I remember starting and, and even my bosses were saying right you're going to stay here for the next two to three years and that's you're just going to do this and then when i finished you know that then you'll just do something similar but bigger and and i thought that how small-minded that was and i guess at the time i was the generational you know the new generation coming into the the workforce and what was different is i was prepared to stay in the organization and, and move sideways and, and it was at the, that time, actually, I read a report, and I can't remember where it was re- written, that there's a difference between high flyers and, and high performers. And high flyers rise rapidly in an organization and then plateau, whilst high, you know, high performers are those that actually would take sideways moves and would actually build a sustainable career and actually get higher for longer in an organization and get to the more senior roles. And I guess that drove me personally, but it also drove a lot of the conversations I had with the next generations coming in. And it was interesting how how you were mentioning that you would move from one company to the other. And I think what's changed is really that perspective where in my generation, we'd be more prepared to move jobs within an organization. The question is, are we seeing the death of that 30, 40 years in a single company? As you mentioned, your father, and I think I can go back to my parents and parents before who have spent 20 to 30 years and, and spent that time in an organization because i think in those days the belief was you do that because you get a good pension you you have a, a retirement and and i think you've heard many reports especially through covid how different generations are richer than the next so we know that for example our parents are richer in 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 retirement than we will ever be and the future generation will be so therefore what happens is job satisfaction then becomes even more important. And, yeah. and through that, you know, and I think Maya reflected beautifully in the sense that, you know, she wants to find a role that actually is going to satisfy her, not just in the content, but also in the progression. So you already heard about some of the work she's doing, being able to go out and be autonomous in recruiting new contracts and new deals. And you can already feel that energy and that that vibe that's really important to Maya and her development. And I think that's something that we're having to do in an organization. I've got people of, of Maya's age and experience and the same in my team who I'm having to think about how do I give them the space to go and express their own ideas, their entrepreneurial attitudes and, and approaches. But in the context that we still need to deliver content that's valid today. Yeah. So, you know, gone are the days where you'd write, you know, job descriptions that say, you know, this is what we expect from you in a very, you know, I guess, linear way. And you start having to say, well, uh, 70% of your job's going to have to, you know, operate within that framework. But I'd love for you to bring 30% more value to that role in bringing yourself, your values, your capabilities, with also the knowledge that, you know, somebody like Maya may actually move on outside of the company. So you also have to, you know, and that's the real tension that exists is how do you build sustainable nature of organizations when some of your talents are actually looking outside to fulfill their careers. And that's a question yeah. hard to answer. And I don't know how to answer it today. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And I think that speaking of job descriptions, because as 
as a headhunter, we see a lot of job descriptions and even hiring for my own organization. It's really difficult because as soon as like new tools come out, someone's job can completely change, you know? So it's like the technology is moving so quickly that someone in my team that had this job this year, maybe in a year later, is doing something quite different. Leads me into my next question, which is from a skills perspective, because that's what you really need to identify for the job or specific skills or even behaviors. What skills and behaviors do you see that are important for younger generations or what skills are you trying to develop that you think will take you farther? Yeah, well, sort of going off the back of what Jonathan mentioned, it's flexibility obviously is, is super important. You know, as we enter this new normal, mm-hmm. I think our generation has the leverage, the benefit of kind of entering the workforce in this new normal. And so we're used to this kind of like changing dynamic, this hybrid model. I mean, I think most of us are, are still at home and it, it's nice that we have the option. And that's something that wasn't available before. I think the structures were much more rigid. And I think this actually allowed companies to trust employees more because they see that we're just as productive as, if not more productive at home than we were in the office. And I know leadership has some different ideas about that. They they prefer that we're all in the team setting and kind of having these water cooler conversations organically because that helps build the team and things like that. But I mean, yeah, so flexibility is definitely one. That That's a skill that our generation should have entering the workforce. Entrepreneurship, like another thing Jonathan sort of, sort of touched on is having this kind of necessity and curiosity to grow your own career and to be sort of adaptive and to go out and look for those things within your job and maybe outside of your job that really interest you and and kind of to be proactive and and not just kind of sit and say, okay, these are my responsibilities. But, you know, it's, it's important that your job encourages creativity and sort of like your own prerogative to kind of search for what's your interest within this company or what's something new that you could bring to the company. Like I think management is always super open-minded as to, especially like the younger people, you know, what do we think could, could better the organization? What's a different direction that we could be going. And so I think that that's super important is I, I work with a girl who's younger than me and she's always, you know, admired how outspoken I am. And if something bothers me, I'll say something, or if I like, I'm interested in a promotion or I'm curious about a promotional ask and she's always like, Oh my gosh, you know, how do you just speak up like that? You know, I'm just used to going with the flow and I, I could never ask these kind of questions. And I think that's something that's really important is especially, you know, as younger people, as women, you know, whoever you may be, it's really important that you ask these, these kind of biting questions and, and not be afraid of the answer. And, and usually people are, are ready to give you the answer. It's not scary. They expect these questions and it's really important to kind of stick up for yourself and and just really make sure that you're growing yourself as a professional in in sort of unconventional ways as well. Thank you for that. Jonathan, what would you like to add in terms of skills and behaviors? I think May alluded to it. So I think what we're seeing is is a generation that is digital first. So that's an easy one. Um, You know, this is a generation that's digitally native. I remember I I was heading up a team in 2014 where even though the digital infrastructure wasn't in place for the organization, the interpersonal infrastructure was in place. And what I mean by that is that we only expected the team to be in place physically in one location two days a week. The rest of the time we said, look, guys, your job is to go and be out there and be with people, be with customers, be with suppliers, whatever it is, you need to go out there. Now, the evolution of that is actually, as you've seen, you know, with all the digital platforms and everything growing, the whole piece on network effects actually being networked and understanding who you're connecting to. And I think, Lauren, you're in the perfect role to express (laughs) that. The greater you can leverage a network and the more open you can be. And and Maya mentioned it about a generation that's open to connections. You know, I remember in the 1980s, I know Maya going to laugh, but um, people used to struggle to pick 
pick up a phone. You know, there was always this thing about people doing summer jobs, going to America, selling books, you know, door to door. And that was like the people were sent there or, or they went there to go and build up their self-confidence because they didn't have the self-confidence to go to. But honestly, you take a young work starter now and you give them that job and they'd be bored within a week because that's not a big challenge in that generation anymore. They're quite prepared to open up a conversation. They're more skilled. And as Maya mentioned it, social networks are, are live online. So you know, it's not something that's a rarity to connect with people you don't know. Yeah. So, so I think I think these are skills that you know are, are going to change. I think what's really interesting is how fast industry will change to match the new skill set. So there's you know you're almost seeing skills going faster than the actual organisation on the industry needs. As Maya mentioned, you know you're starting to see some parts of industry where, for example, fintech, you know, these food tech is also starting to rapidly transform itself. But again, this, that's where it, there's a disconnect between skills and industry. You're starting to see disruptions happening. And, and I think that's what's really interesting. I know I mentioned the fact that, you know, we'll see talents move on. But on the other side, organizations need to adapt to the fact that if Maya leaves one organization, she's a talent that can be available for another organization. So you need to be more open to the fact that, you know, you're going to have natural osmosis of people moving around. And the, the aim of organizations is going to be how do we generate value in short term from people being part of an organization rather than, you know, how many times do you hear things around long-term incentives? Yeah. It's almost a, dare I say, a passe thinking. You know, if you're going to think about the osmosis of young talents floating around, no one wants to hear, you know, Maya doesn't want to hear that it's going to take a 10 years to get a long-term incentive. Yeah. No, gone not. and got three different <laughs> jobs, you know, by then. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you both for your honesty and openness. It's been really, really helpful to have you both here and to see, let's say, the older generation. Sorry, Jonathan, yeah, the younger me. generation. <laughs> I'm in the middle, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle somewhere. But thank you both for, for joining me today. 